Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Tonight, Pastor James is going to finish up with Acts chapter 20. We're going to talk about some demons and devils and talk about Mark 5. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be on here again. I'm glad to be here in the land of the living so I can talk to you, and I'm glad you're here too. So that means there are at least two of us still here. And hopefully all those people yep. out there in, in in the broadcast will hear something that's going to help them with their life today. Because they said Satan has up, stepped up his warfare. People want to make jokes about Satan, but Satan is serious about his job. And he is really starting to destroy the kingdom of uh, of of heaven because of our failure to study our craft. That's why Jesus said, the children of this world are smarter than the children of the light because they practice their, their belief. They study, they'll do whatever it takes to get power from Satan, get power from the darkness. But some of the children of God, well, some, all I do is pray, and that's it. And the Bible says you're supposed to wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the dark, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the, most people think there's only four classes of demons. No, that's just giving you an idea of what you got to fight. We got so many demons out here, so many different kingdoms to fight, and people are opening up doors and being uh, seduced into the dark side and don't even know it. And their children sitting right there in the house practicing witchcraft and stuff. There's jobs out here now that says, oh, we'll teach you witchcraft one-on-one if you want to sign up. Oh, uh, if you want to learn how to uh, do new age stuff, sign up and we'll help you. Don't know they're bringing curses into the house, bringing uh, death into their house, destroying marriages and stuff, because all of a sudden the people are arguing and fighting that they wasn't arguing and fighting before, or they suddenly intensified. That's because they open up what we call portals or doors. And because of that, we, as the people of God, we got to re-educate ourselves first and then go out and educate the rest of the people. But you cannot educate the people until, first of all, you've been educated about what the warfare is about, what we're fighting about. And that's why I like the book of Acts. Everything in there is signs, wonders, and miracles. You read back and then how everything's been going so far, that how the, uh, how did we attack, you know, how Paul and the rest of them, how they attack the unbelief and things that happened in their time, and people like Stephen, who had to die for his faith. But as he died, he saw Jesus. And a lot of times we got people that have questions, and they never ask them. So if you don't ask the question, I don't care how uh, you think it's insignificant, if you don't ask the question, you'll never get the answer. So that's why we got to understand that God likes to hide things. And because he likes to hide things, we're the people that's supposed to search those things out. It's not for lazy people. It's not for a, a curious here today and gone tomorrow type person. It's one who wants to dedicate themselves to find out who is God, what is he like, how does he think, how does he want us to react. And what is required of us if we are the children of the most high God? So the best thing I, I tell people all the time, 
Study the word. Study the word. Because if you don't study, you'll never be prepared. And if you're not prepared, you're bound to lose. If you want anything out of God, you got to prepare yourself and understanding that uh, his words and his ways and his thinking is not like ours. And one of the examples is like the first letter of the Hebrew, Aleph, which means one or a thousand. So that kind of give us a hint that we could eat one word can have a th- one meaning to it, and that's it. There's no other meaning except that one word. But then you can have another word they can have uh, a hundred or a thousand different meanings. And if you don't put it in the perspective that it's supposed to be, it'll take you off and you'll fall into a trap. To give you an example, the word can. When I say can, what am I talking about? Am I talking about something you can do? Or am I talking about a, a physical thing that you can open up, a can? See, that's why we have to know what does it mean. It's like the word bread. You know, my people... They say, uh, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, most people are thinking, well, that means food and all that. But he just told you what it really means. Sometimes God's word explains itself, but you have to understand how it explains itself. By saying, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. Word. Well, what is the word? That's the thing. See, if you don't break it down, go back to every every word, break it down, then you'll never understand what it means. Like the word uh, bread, if you check in Hebrew, uh, according to how it was written, bread is uh, starts with a B. Well, what is B? B can be a lot of different things. B can be uh, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It can be also uh, another meaning for B could be... Uh, Dwelling place, it can also mean house. So what is bread then, according to our word? B is a dwelling place, and the last word, they say, D is knowledge. The dwelling place of knowledge. Man cannot live without the knowledge, without the knowledge of what God says. And because of that, people perish for lack of knowledge. But the more you get into God's word, the more it will start feeding you, the more you start getting fed, the more you start understanding. And when the devil comes knocking at your door, he won't just see you. He'll see Jesus standing there in the Holy Spirit. If you study, if you receive, if you say, hey, my way ain't working. I need to get a better understanding of what God's word teaches and what it tells me to do and to work on these things. Right now, we'll go back to uh, Acts the 20th chapter, starting with the first verse, and then later on we're going to go to Mark, the fifth chapter, and talk about demons and stuff. Demons are real. Devils are real. Satan is real. And Lucifer is real. But those things are their rank. So in other words, what do you mean by rank? Like if you've ever been in the military, you have generals, colonels, majors, and stuff like that. That's what that is. But there is actually a a person named Lucifer. There's actually a person named Satan. But you'll find if you check up Lucifer, it's only written in our Bible one time. But there's only one Lucifer. But he has other people that's under him, and they use their name Lucifer. 
They can be a Lucifer Satan, a Lucifer devil, a Lucifer demon, but that's just their rank. They're not the Lucifer. And then you have Satans. Then you have devils. If you look at both of them, you'll find there's S's on it most of the time. And then after that comes demons. And the thing is, well, you have to understand how is it said and what does it mean. Listen, a devil is a devil, a demon is a demon, and, and a Satan is a Satan. Now, the thing is, you got to learn how to fight these things and stop trying to figure out, am I politically correct? I don't have to be politically correct. I got to be able to beat my opponent down because if I don't, my opponent will beat me down. We're at Acts 9, uh, 20, starting at the first verse. And after the uproar had ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed to go into Macedonia. And when they had gone over these parts and had given this much exhortation, he came to Greece. In other words, he talked to them because of here he was in that one town, and they talking about um, their god is uh, Athena, the uh, greatest Diana and all that, which is the same thing as Jezebel. That was that demon in charge, and they figured it's a god or a goddess. And they have a little story behind it of how this thing came to bite, and they believe that this must be the true God. But here Paul was teaching, hey, this is not the true God. There's only one true God. And he tried to explain to them the one true God, and they got in an uproar because they were making money. And that's what most churches are out after. And I hear you people that have been going to church for the long They're about money. That's how big is my church? And my church getting big enough and stuff. Instead about what the Bible says, it's important to win souls. Because if I win a soul, I can lead him toward Christ, where he'll study on his own, and then we can get together and fellowship together. But nope, most people, I want to get my church big. I want, they don't even know most of their members. In fact, they probably don't know most of their staff either. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's time for us to get understanding. But with all you're getting, get an understanding. What does the Bible teach us versus what it doesn't teach us versus what man says? And so here's Paul. I said he's, he's exhorting them, and he's telling them, to, uh, warning them about things that will come and everything. And then it says, and the third verse, and there abode it three months, and when the Jews laid in wait for him as he was about to sail to uh, Sarah, he purpose to return to Macedonia. And uh, and there comes with him also Sarater of the Rhea and of the Thessalonians, Ariater Q and CQ Dust and Gladius of Debi and Timocius of A- uh, Asia and see Ty I us and T uh Ty I must. Uh, T.I. Cuss and T.I. Must. And these all tarry for us at Troy. Now, you notice they have all these hard names, and each one of those names means something. I just have not looked them all up because I've been kind of busy dealing with uh, a lot about deliverance lately, or as the Catholic Church says, exorcism. Uh, people are going through so much now. That the churches, as I, I've said before, the churches are not going to be ready. Two out of every, out of a hundred, that might be a little ready. And now that's being flooded. You got people committing suicide. You got people killing people, like that young man that was at that at a mall lately. He said 
he was in that mob because he had to kill somebody. And he grabbed this little boy and threw him off the balcony. See, the thing is, they'll say, well, he was just crazy. No, he had a demon that was in him that was programmed to get him in trouble. And the only way he could get in trouble, he had to kill somebody. But see, churches, they, they could have been helping him, getting that curse off of him, but they didn't. And now the law is going to take care of it. And the law only believes in one thing, repunishment for what you do wrong and not healing for the sick. So anyway, starting with the sixth verse. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troy in five days where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart unto tomorrow, continue his speech until midnight. Paul was a long-winded preacher, and that's because he had a lot of knowledge. And the people that wanted things, you'll stay for that knowledge. You'll, I don't care if it's six days in a row, and I know it's impossible to do that without sleep. But I'm saying if you hunger and thirst after something, hunger and thirst after righteousness, God will bless you. You may not make it all the way, but at least to try and don't quit. Because a winner never quits, and a quitter never wins. But here it was, Paul, eating together. That's when he says to break bread. And when he was breaking bread, he was also teaching the people. And so starting at the eighth verse, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And and there sit in a window a certain young man named Etias. Being, being falling into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, I told you he's long with the preacher, he sank down with sleep and fell down from the third law and was taken up dead. And Paul went and fell on him, embracing him, and said, Trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. When he therefore was came up again, and had broken bread and eaten and talked with a long, a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. In other words, you remember what happened? This young man fell out, signs, wonders, and miracles. He, done, he was so tired, but he wasn't leaving. And he got so tired, he fell out the window, three stories down on the ground. And then here Paul went down there and climbed over him and embraced him and said, trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. This is the thing. We got to know what is life. See, a lot of times we don't even know what life is. The Bible tells us from the beginning, it says that God made man from the dust of the earth. Then it said, and he breathed into his nostrils, into his nose, into the brain. Gave it, once he did that, it woke this brain up that he put in there because God is closer to you than the breath in your mouth, but it's like a switch. You have a switch that turns on, and you have a switch that turns off. As long as your switch is turned on, you are connected to the power, which is connected to the source, and that's what gives you life, connected to the source. If God turns off the switch in you, I don't care how much air they put in you. I don't care how they pound your heart, your chest, your lungs, and everything else. You are asleep. Well, you mean dead, don't you? I said you are asleep. If you remember when 
Lazarus. That's why I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself. You just have to take time. And because it does interpret itself, you have to put all the scriptures together. Now, when I say that this young man was asleep, if you remember about Lazarus, and they told uh, that Lazarus was sick and he's about to die, and then they told him Lazarus is dead, and he, Jesus didn't get up. He said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. And he said, oh, if he's asleep, Lord, he's doing good. He said, well, let me put it another way. He's dead. He said, but I'm going to, I'm going to go wake him up. And they didn't understand. He gets to his uh, sister Martha. He talks to Martha, and Martha says, oh, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not die. He said, don't you believe about the resurrection? She said, oh, yeah, I believe in the last days, the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. He was saying, I am the switch. I am the power behind the switch. If I turn on the switch, the power for me will go into him and wake him up. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I just want you all to know, there's something about the word life. There's a lot of hidden mysteries in the Bible, and we have to take it little bit by little bit. Then at the 12th verse, and they say they brought the young man after he, uh, they they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. So they were they looked this young man who had died came back to life. Paul had just turned on the switch. He understood. I'm telling you, there's so much to need to know about. Uh, I know y'all asked, well, he's talking a whole bunch of stuff. Listen, there's so much you need to know. There's vibrations. There's sounds. There's frequencies. That is the truth about the gospel. Everything was made by sounds, frequencies, and noise. It was spoken to existence. Don't worry about that Big Bang theory. The Big Bang was God speaking. Everything came out of God's word, and it continues to this day. And it says, and when they went before the ship and sailed into Argos, they intended to take Paul, for he had been appointed, arranged, minding himself to go afoot or to land. And when they met him, uh, and when he met with us at Argos, we took him in and came into me. Met you, met met you, Lean, and we sailed there and came the next day over against Charles, and the next day we arrived in Simon and tarried in Trigestium, and the next day we came into my Miletus. Now every one of those names means something. I just haven't had time to look it all up this time because as I told you, I've been studying on some other things because there's some things I want to talk about on the radio tonight because I just did an exorcism on a young man recently. And even though I've been doing this for 40 years, you'll always learn something new. And they said, and Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time at Asia for he was haste. And it was possible if it was possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost and for Malitai, he sent to F.E. Jesus and called the elders of the church. And when they came to him and said to him, you know from the first day that I came into Asia, after that, after what manner I have been with you all at all seasons, serving the Lord 
with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptation, uh, which dispelled me by the lying uh, weight of the Jews. In other words, he said, listen, even though I'm an apostle, I still go through problems. This world, what Job said, man is born into this world and trouble, trouble, trouble. There's many troubles here. The Bible says a righteous man might fall down six or seven times, but the Lord will get him back up if you live what we call righteous. Well, what is righteous? Is what does God require of us, and that is to, uh, I think it's in, uh, uh, let me see, Micah 6 and 8, which is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Well, who is, what does it mean to be walking humbly with our God? That means to study the word day and night when you understand, when you don't understand. And don't try to figure things out, but look for what God's understanding is. He's already worked it out. All we have to do is just walk it out. That's why he says, walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. What does it mean by walking in the spirit? As I told y'all earlier on the broadcast today, change the word from spirit to understanding. And then read it. Walk in the understanding and not in the carnal mind. Don't try to use your carnal mind to figure out stuff when it's spiritual. A lot of things in the Bible that we have in there that most people have misunderstood, and so if they misunderstand, then they'll misinterpret. And uh, that's just so much, so much. And I, I <laughs> two hours, I hope I can handle it for two hours, but there's so much knowledge that needs to be put out there and so much that people need to learn on their own. I can't teach you everything. And as I say, anything I teach you, I tell you, look it up for yourself. Don't even trust me. Be like the Bereans. Check the Bible for yourself. All right. And it says, the 21st, and how I kept back nothing that profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught, taught, taught you publicly from house to house. In other words, this is how you learn this thing. You've got to have a teacher. If you don't have a teacher, you can't figure this thing out. You up there say, well, the Holy Spirit will teach me all things that I need to know. What does the Bible say? He said he will lead you and guide you to everything you need to know. Lead you and guide. He'll guide you some teacher. That's why we have the ministry of fivefold, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And who's the most important of that thing? The teacher. The teacher is your most important person. It's just like going to school. You don't go to college when you first enter the school. You go to kindergarten. And from kindergarten, you go to first, second, third, and keep right on up through the school so that you can learn. Same thing with God's word. The same thing to learn God's uh, attributes. You take it step by step, inch by inch, and then you'll start to understand things. So here we are, the 21st verse. It says, testify both to the Jews and also to the Greek, repent toward God. Who is God? The word. What is the word? The teachings. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is a man. Now, I, I know people are going to be mad at me and everything. I don't care. You better read the Bible for yourself. It says there's only one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. 
and let you know if he wasn't a man, he couldn't fulfill the things that we needed. He wouldn't be able to go through the things to know what it feels like to be depressed, to know what it means to be happy, to know what it's like to lose somebody, to know what it's – he went through everything we went through, every temptation. He's had even women who tried to seduce him and everything. But he did everything without sin, and he's able to teach us through the Holy Spirit of how to do the same thing. And if you fall down, he doesn't beat you down. He said, get back up. Let me show you you can make this. And the more you understand, the more you understand he's right and we're wrong. Let's look at that again. It says, testifying both to the Jews, that's that's who says their God is Yahweh, and also to the Greek, that means they're the ones who has no covenant with God, but through the Jewish covenant, they became children of God, repenting toward toward God, in other words, Obeying what the word says, repent because you done messed up. We all have. There ain't nobody that lives righteous. But repent toward God and have faith that our Lord, our Lord, makes it personal, our Lord, Jesus Christ, and that he has the way, and all we have to do is listen to him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Follow him, and we'll get it. Paul said, be a follower of me as I'm, as I'm a follower of Christ. Now, here's another thing. Here's some more secrets. It says, and now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Now, as I told you, the word spirit can be many different words. But look at here. Let's say, and it's going to read a lot different when I give it to you. It says, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. What does it mean I go bound? I'm confused. That's why when it says study day and night, it means when you understand and when you don't understand. I go confused into Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the foundation of peace, not knowing the things that shall befall me. In other words, people always think that God shows you everything you're getting ready to go through. Nope. (laughs) Sometimes God might give you a a look through to see what's getting ready to go through, but most of the time, 98% of the time, you don't know what's going to happen. Your job is to go forth in faith, faith that God's word is going to take care of you and God's word is going to uh, take care of whatever situation you're going through. Then it says, say that the Holy Ghost witnessed in every city, saying that bounds and affliction about, uh, abide me. In other words, you notice it didn't say uh, Holy Spirit. It says Holy Ghost. There's a reason for that. Because the the spirit is what God blew into us, and we became a living spirit. And that living spirit will keep going as long as that switch is on. And what is the switch? The Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost turns off, you're dead. If the Holy Ghost doesn't get you to be born again, you're not born again. It's the Holy Ghost that does that. And when Jesus was down on the cross, he said, uh, into thy head I commit my spirit. And then they said he gave up the, the ghost. He gave up the switch. He said, no man can kill me. I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to pick it back up. He is the switch. Oh, there's so much you need to know. I need to hit this real quick, and then I'll go some more. Because God is the switch, but Jesus is the switch. Christ is the switch. 
the people that die, you know, I, I hear it, the presence, the absence from the body is to be present with the Lord. Then he's supposed to say, when he comes back in the twinkling of eye, we shall be changed. And those that are, are who's dead in Christ shall be raised first. Wait a minute. I thought we all supposed to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. That means we're all in heaven then. But, B-U-T, read all the scriptures. Don't make a, a doctrine out of one scripture. Read it all. Read what it says about sleep. Look what it says about death. Look about the resurrection. When Jesus was, uh, go back to Lazarus again, when Lazarus was in the grave and Jesus said, remove the stone. We got to do something to get something from God. We got to prove we believe. Because they go, oh, no, we ain't going to move that stone. He stinks. He's been dead for four days. Our law says that a spirit may stay around the body for three days. But on the third day, he's gone. Well, here Jesus wait till the fourth day. They proved that he had uh, power over the resurrection because he is the switch. So anyway, he says in a strong voice, he didn't say, uh, Lazarus, come forth. Please, Lazarus, come on forth. No. First thing he did, he said, Lord, he said, Father, I thank you because I know you always hear my prayer. And it's because of these people here. In other words, he was saying, because of their unbelief, I want, you, I want you to show that I am the switch. And then he turned around and said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say, Lazarus, come down, did he? He said, Lazarus, come forth. Because Lazarus wasn't in heaven. Lazarus wasn't in hell. Lazarus was asleep in that grave. And he said, come forth. And Lazarus came forth hopping. And he said, now I want y'all to loose him and let him go. There's so many mysteries that if the church would get on fire and start teaching the truth and spend the time that they need to study the scriptures instead of watching about the baseball game and who's going to play bowling and all this other stuff. Listen, yes, let your people enjoy the days. Let your people out there. But for us as ministers, we need to work. Day and night, night and day, studying the scriptures, understanding what the scriptures said. Why was the first five books of the Bible written? And why was it called the Torah? Find out what God said, what he did, his patterns for us. And then all of a sudden you read about people like uh, Enoch and stuff, how he walked with God 65 years, then he had a child. And then uh, he had more children, and he lived another 300 years. And then they said that he walked with God. Walk with God means he was in the understanding. Why the Bible says, walk in the spirit, understanding, understanding. And he kept getting more wisdom until God told, uh, told Enoch, come on home with me. Come on home. He told him, don't look for you because you your body is not going to be left behind. And there's a reason. God has already wrote the book. And if, when we understand the book that has been written and understand that God knows the end from the beginning and that God is God and he doesn't need nobody but himself to prove that he's God, then all of a sudden this stuff will make perfect sense about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. All right, let me keep going. It says uh, 24, but none of these things move me, neither can I my li- life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. 
How do you fill this with joy when you got all kinds of problems going on? And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, a lot of people say, what is grace? What is grace? What is grace? Grace is a, a movement of God that he does by himself. He said, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Grace is something that God gives us. He lets us. He lets the power switch stay on us to change, to be into the likeness of his son. He gives us time. Sometimes he'll, he'll uh, you know, things happen to us and we don't know why, but it's, it's it's to help us to help somebody else. It ain't that you got you get any bad things because all your life is cursed and everything. Sometimes it is, but it's to help somebody else. If you survive, then you can teach somebody else how to survive. Hey, Dorothy, uh, will you give them your number and also where they can send donations to the broadcast for you? Sure. The call-in number is 646-595-4786. Eight four and press one so I know you want to talk. That's six four six five nine five four seven eight four. And if you would like to sew into the ministry, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable saying this now. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. You can PayPal <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> you can PayPal uh, at uh, D. Churchy1 at hotmail.com. That's D C H U R C H Y, the number one, at hotmail.com. That's what I use for my PayPal. Okay. Right. Now, as I tell you, I'm glad she has a place because she's been uh, gracious enough to let me on. They say somebody's got to get paid, you know, to have these broadcasts on. And I, I'd like for y'all to send the donations to her ministry. They help her because she has more than just my ministry on the radio. And as I say, God has really been blessing me. I get people that understand that, hey, the word of God goes forth. You learn something. I get mad by you learning something. I get mad by the joy of the Lord being my strength because you're happy. So that's why I want y'all to help this broadcast with her. Also, uh, do you have any questions to ask, Dorothy? Or any comments? No, I'm good. I'm just enjoying this. I I didn't realize there was a difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. And I should have because it's like, you know, once you see something, you go, oh, of course, that makes sense, you know. So. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. As I said, if there's anybody out there that wants to get in, push number one. So that you can show that you want to ask questions and stuff. All right. Now I'm getting ready to leave town. I'm heading toward Dallas, Texas. I'll be down there for about three days. Uh, I'll be with Bob Larson Ministries down there. We're into our uh, our meeting that we have yearly. That where all the people who do what they call deliverance or exorcism, we meet down there. That way we can learn more about what we're doing so that we can help people. Now, as I say, with me, if you come to Kansas City and we do deliverance here, it don't cost you a penny. Now, you can't be free. All you have to do is be willing to help somebody else when you get free. So anyway, uh, starting back up 24th, where it says, I have received of the Lord, the last part of it, to testify 
the gospel or to preach. Testify is another word for to preach sometimes. Sometimes, I told you, Hebrew words can be ten different words. The gospel of grace of God. So God has given us uh, mercy. He's given us love and kindness and tender mercies. That's different than just mercy, tender mercies. And he's trying to bring us, bring us forth so we can be the image of his dear son. In other words, walk in the knowledge of Jesus. Walk in the faith of Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you when you have understanding. And now at the 25th, it says, and now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. In other words, he's getting ready to die. But see, he wasn't sad about it. The thing is, when we know who we are, when we know who we are in the spirit, then we understand what God is doing. We're no longer sad about dying. We're no longer sad about the things we got to go through. But we received it with joy that we had we suffered for the kingdom of God because the word says we shall suffer. It says we will go through things. And when you understand that, there's a great reward because you don't live. Uh, let's, I will be nice about it. We say most people live to be about 80, some 90. But what is 80 or 90 years compared to eternity? I'd rather suffer here for a while so I have eternity and enjoy what God has for me. And another thing, too, if you notice, it says when we get ready to rule and reign, we're going to rule and reign here on this earth, not up in heaven and stuff. We're going to rule and reign here on the earth. Jesus is going to be here. This is what they call the millennial reign for a thousand years. Anyway, there's, there's, there's things that you need to study for yourself, especially the book of Revelation. Then it says, the 26th, wherefore I had taken to you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. In other words, he said, I don't testify, tell them the truth. Now, if you don't accept it, that's between you and God. We're not trying to judge you. We're trying to get you saved. We're not trying to beat you in the head. We're trying to give you information. We're not trying to say we're smarter than you. We're trying to educate you that where you can get wisdom so that you can get the things you need. It says wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your getting, get an understanding. For I have not shone to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Some people, hey, look, why don't you just teach the good things? Tickle my ear. Make me feel good. That's what I want. If you don't make me feel good, I'm going to another church. I'm going to another channel. I don't want to listen to this. Well, your life depends on knowing the word for yourself. If you don't study that, you won't know why. He said, he said, I held nothing back, but I declared the whole counsel of God. I told him the good and the bad about it. Now, it's up to you to make your decision. He said that, uh, 28, take heed therefore to yourself and all the flock over the, which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers or bishops to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. Jesus had to give up his blood to put the counsel of God into your mind that you will understand that if God says, I can raise you from the dead, he can raise you from the dead. Don't have to worry about how he does it. He can do it. I told you a little bit. It's about the switch and the power. Just like at your house, you got a light switch. 
you know, if you didn't, if you didn't want the light on, you click that switch off. You don't want the fan on, you turn that fan off. But if you want it on, you flip that switch, which hooks you back to the source, which goes to you or whatever machine you're turning on. All right, it says, For I know this, after my departure, some grievous wolves shall be among you, and not sparing the flock. Also for yourselves shall men arise, speaking perverted things, and drawing away disciples after themselves, or learners. That's what the word disciples mean, learner. Therefore watch and remember that by a space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Why does he say night and day? If you go back to the beginning of the Bible, the Torah, the beginning of our Bible, it says everything was started at night. Night is another word for confusion or nothingness. So in other words, he said, when you didn't understand, I tried to tell you. Now that you do understand, I'm trying to tell you. That's why it's day and night with tears. He said, now, brother, I command you, command, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have covered no man's silver, gold, or apparel. In other words, the word is what's going to feed you. The word is going to keep you. The word is going to build you up. The word is going to make you stronger. And what does the word say? That's what you need to know. As I told you, the three things God requires us to, to judge, uh, to do justly, that means to be able to see what is right, what is wrong, figure out what it needs to be done, and do it. To love mercy, stop trying to condemn people all the time. Well, they're going to hell. They look at them out in the gutter. They're drunk. Look at them. They're on drugs. They're going to hell. Listen, for the grace of God, that's you. You didn't have to go through the same test they had to go through. And they'll probably get the greater reward if they pass it. Everybody has a journey to go on. Everybody has a test to go through. Finish the test and go home. Fail the test and go to hell. The judgment will be God himself doing the judging, not somebody else. Now, we may be able to, those that are teachers and stuff, first of all, we're going to be judged first. If we then did our part, then the people that we taught is going to be judged. And I pray that, hey, there will be a good judgment, that I give a good report to my people. The people that come to our church now, they tell you, they hear teachings that they have never heard before. And it's not because I'm super smart or intelligent or anything. It's that I understand it's the Spirit of God that gives me understanding. And the more I get of the Spirit of God, the more understanding I get. And the more I understand, then I'm able to walk in that understanding. And that's what causes things to come to pass. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, uh, a scoliosis healed, uh, lupus healed, uh, bones healed, stuff, legs stretched out. Now, you, if you criticize this ministry, Look at the others. Show me some other ministries that's doing that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Look to see what God is doing. He's the one that does the healing. James can't heal nobody. James cannot deliver a bug or anything else. 
but the spirit of God that lives in me can. That's why the scriptures are greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. But you'll never understand that until it's in you. The greater glory is in you, then you'll be able to help somebody else, help to build yourself up and to help build others up. And that's what we're here for. And we're here to be with other believers. Don't go around with unbelievers. The Bible tells you very first, Psalms 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or standeth in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that'll bring forth his fruit in his season. I mean, if you live right and do what's right and give your, your kids example of what's right, they're going to prosper off of you. That's what it says, leaves shall not wither. He's talking about your children. They will not perish because they watched you. What happens if they walk away? Hey, you, you t- train a child in the way he should go. Even when he gets older, he'll still remember, and it's up to them to come back. And believe me, the Holy Spirit is not going to let them just walk away. He's going to go after their conscience until finally he gets them, or they are so tired, they said, I just want to work with the devil. Then that's up to them. But God is trying his best to reach out and save them. Then it says in 34, yeah, you yourself know that these hands have ministered unto my necessity and to them that were with me. I have shown you all things that how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than receive. You know, a lot of t- these churches are saying, yes, give me your last. I, I'm sorry to, I'm, I'm sorry the way churches are God. Because you got all these demons and devils in there, and they done taught the other preachers wrong, and, and they teaching what they've been taught. But the thing is, a lot of times they're teaching about money, money, money. Money is what I need. Money is what helps you. Money, money, money. Listen, it's the word of God that helps me. God can supply all of my needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's the word that will bring whatever I need. If he has to bring a sinner to give me money, he'll do it. And I'll say, God takes care of all your needs if you're willing to let him show you. And said, and how you should labor to help the weak. Man, can you imagine all the people I have calling me during the day and stuff? I need to talk to you, Pastor. I need to talk to you. Sometimes I don't even get a good night's sleep. But I'm laboring to help those that need to, that want to learn. Not if they don't want to do nothing. I want those that want to learn the Word of God, and I'm trying to help them. And that's what Jesus said: is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Pastor, we have a question. Okay. Area code eight one six. Your mic is open. Yes, your mic is open, honey. Okay. Um, I was wondering um, about, um, I heard about um, that if you let Ahab, uh, if Ahab gets in your church, if you're a, a weak church and Ahab gets in there, then you have the, then Jezebel can get in there and then Delilah. And I just wonder if you could expound on that. Okay. First of all, if Ahab is, that means he's a manipulator. He likes to manipulate things. And it, 
when he gets in there, and then you have uh, Jezebel. And Jezebel is a religious spirit, wants to prophesy. That's why if you go back in the Bible, you'll see that uh, she uh, had all these prophets, 450 at one and 400 at another. <coughs> That's why Elijah challenged her prophets, her people. She, he told me, he said, now listen, let's see whose God is really God. And what happened? Uh, he said, call your God and have him bring down fire and eat, and eat the sacrifice. And I'll wait till you get finished. They jumped around. They cut themselves. They threw blood. That's, that's part of Jezebel's thing, witchcraft. And see, now here's Ahab in a weak church. Now you got this Jezebel spirit. And it can be in a man or a woman. It ain't just a woman. And they're, they're using witchcraft. And people say, oh, no, not our churches and stuff. I happen to know that some of your pastors are using tarot cards, using uh, Ouija boards, have given themselves over to Satan, and running your church. And yet it's still, mm-hmm. oh, they're a prophet. They're a prophetess. But they, hey, that's what you done did. And because of this, and because of what the Bible says about Jezebel, she's always trying to kill true men or women of God trying to kill them all the time. But here's Elijah. He said, okay, call in your God. They call on their God. Nothing happened. He said, okay, make it hard for my God. Put water over my sacrifice. And he said, go ahead, more, 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 more water, more, more, more water. And then he, he prayed a simple prayer, and all of a sudden the fire came down, licks up all the water, and consumes the sacrifice. And what he did, he said, let's kill all those prophets. See, a lot of times people get mad at me when I tell people, I said, if you got witches and warlocks, don't physically kill them. You can do it in the spirit realm. You can cut their power off. Now, here, you got these two operating in there. Here comes Delilah. Well, Delilah is another form of uh, Jezebel, because that's nothing but their their rank. That's their names is their rank. And she's seducing spirits. So they bring in all kinds of uh, damnable heresy. Of saying, well, God doesn't mind if you do this, and God doesn't mind if you do that, and it's all right, and God will bless you and anything. If you did wrong, God will forgive you and all this. If you know to do wrong, and you do wrong, if you're God's child, expect you're going to get a whooping. That's just the bottom line, if you're God's child. But if you ain't God's child, you're a bastard, and you belong to the devil, and God's not going to try to whoop the devil's kids to do what's right. A lot of times we got people that's born in this earth right now don't realize the truth. There is the children of God and the children of the devil. The children of God are lost in this world because this is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. But those that are, uh, belong to Satan and stuff, they don't know they belong to Satan at first. They get educated as they come along, and they're drawn to the dark side, just like we, the children of light, are drawn to the light. So you got those three that we just talked about. We got Ahab, and most times, uh, Ahab will be the pastor of that church, weak, mm-hmm. manipulating, willing to do whatever anybody else tells him to do if it benefits him. You hear that? Mm-hmm. If it benefits yeah. him. And then here you got Jezebel. She's, she always trying to be in charge, trying to show how how religious she is, you know, oh, i got a word from God. Every time you see her, she got a word, and that could be a man or a woman. 
I got a word from God to give to you, honey. And you listen to her, and you ain't hearing from God for yourself. I remember people used to run to me sometimes for a word from God, and I tell them the same thing that God told me. He said, tell them if they stop listening to the devil, they can hear for themselves. Because a prophet or a prophet is only supposed to do one thing, confirm what you've already heard from God. I don't have to ask you what God, what uh, uh, you know, what you dreamed and stuff. If I'm truly walking with the Lord and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will reveal to me what's going on. Because it's always in the Bible. The Bible is the 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 answer of everything, everything. Like when that uh, that king said, "Okay, I had a dream." He said, "I need somebody to to explain the dream to me." And he, when they couldn't get an answer, they, they they was going, "Well, what did you dream?" He said, "Well, I ain't gonna tell you. You supposed to be the you supposed to be the prophet. You the one that's supposed to have the wisdom. You tell me what I dream and then give me the answer." And when they couldn't do it, he said, "Kill him, kill him." And here's Joseph sitting up there. Uh, he heard what happened. He said, well, give me a little time and let me pray, and I'll bring you the answer. And he brought it on the answer and told him what it was. He elevated it. When a man or a woman really walks with the, in the presence of God, the truth will bring you higher. It's the truth that makes you free. It's the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that makes you grow. It's the truth, which is the Hebrew word for uh Emit. Now we go around and say Amen, and people say, "Oh no, that's praying to a, a, a another God." No, it ain't. They don't know Hebrew. Hebrew means emit, and emit means truth. That's why when you go to the courtroom, you say, "I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth." In other words, emit, Amen. All right. When you hear somebody preach, if they preach in the truth, you say Amen. Why? Because it's the truth. That's what you're saying. It's the truth. But as I said, if you don't study for yourself, you won't get it. Have I answered your question about yeah. the three? Yeah. Is there any more questions? Yeah. Uh, could you expound on uh, vibration, sounds, and frequencies? Okay. I'm glad you asked. Thank you. That's a good question. The way all of everything that was created was created first about by God. God was here. Nobody was here except God, all by himself. He had nobody to talk to, no counsel, no nothing. It was just him. And because all it was was thoughts in his mind, he spoke and made sound. That's the vibration. And when he said the word, it became a noise. And so when he said, let there be light, and if you go back in Genesis and read, it said, let there be light, and there was light. But if you look at it, there is none, no sun, no moon, no stars, no nothing. What was he talking about? Let there be light. Everything was dark, but he said, let there be light. And he said, there was, he saw the light, and the light was good. What light? The bird, if you understand Hebrew, that word uh, light also can mean understanding. But as I told you, with Hebrew words, it can be a lot of other things. It also means wisdom. God created this whole thing by wisdom. So he called for, first of all, in himself, wisdom. I need wisdom to create everything. I have a plan. Wisdom, I understand. And then I speak, and so it comes to pass. 
So that's why I try to teach y'all about uh, the Hebrew word, the fifth Hebrew word, which is hey, which means thought, speak, action. When Jesus was in the garden, this is where you can look at it and see what it's talking about. When Jesus was in the garden and they asked, uh, we're looking for Jesus, and he said, I am he. A lot of people think that's what it said. It said, hey, it was the Hebrew letter he said. And because of that, that power came out when he spoke the vibration and it knocked them all down. That's what we call slaying in the spirit. Now, if I was those guards, I would have got up and ran out of there. But because they didn't, <laughs> but the word still worked on them. They were scared. You can believe they were scared. But see, the more you understand about the Hebrew alphabet, which is the bread, when it says, uh, but you have to have understanding on how to use the bread. There's earthly bread and there's spiritual bread. The spiritual bread is the Hebrew alphabet. You'll find it in Psalms 119, if you have a, a King James Version. Psalms 119, starting with the first letter, goes Aleph. Next one is Beth, Gimel, Dalit, Hey. And if you read those, it goes down. At first, it gives you the Aleph. Then it gives you five verses under there, uh, eight verses under there. Then it says Beth, and then eight more down there. And if you understand anything about the number system, Eight means new beginnings. So God is teaching us through his alphabet, which is his word, which is Jesus. Jesus is the Hebrew alphabet. When he said, I am Alpha and Omega, actually he was saying, I am the Aleph Tau in Hebrew. Everything is made by the Aleph Tau. He is the word. That's why it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The Aleph Tau is God. Olive Tau is Christ. Christ is in Jesus. Jesus is the, the man part. Christ is the spirit. And it, those two work together, and the two become one. That's what we're trying to strive to, where we're striving to be uh, one with the spirit. So remember, uh, speech, speech is so important. A lot of people say, well, I'm praying, but God can hear my prayer. I'm, I'm silent prayer. No, speak out. God created by things by speaking out, not silent prayer. Uh, a friend of mine is at, uh, at our church, her name is Deborah. She always used to say, closed mouths don't get fed, <laughs> which is a true statement. Speak. <laughs> speak things into existence. Speak things that needs to happen. And if it's, if it's right with God, he'll bring it to pass. If it's not right at that time, he'll hold it up. If it's, it's going to harm you, he'll stop it. See, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray through us, and God knows how to answer that. So that's why I say don't get depressed when things don't go right. Don't give up when you think it should go one way and it goes another because a lot of times God is looking at things down the line and seeing what's going to happen, and he knows the end already. And he knows what, what it needs to be done and when it needs to be done. So, like, if you want to change things in your life, remember, uh, vibrations, frequency, and sound. When you clap your hands, I've taught that at our church. When you clap your hands, your fingerprints and your hand clap is different than anybody else. You just can't tell the difference. But you clap your hand, it sets up a frequency that alerts the angels that are assigned to you that you need help. When you do that, 
your angels come to attention. They come to you because it's your sound. They can hear the difference. And when your sound, you speak and tell the Lord what you need. And they get your request right up to the, toward God because you done learned the secret of vibrations, sounds, and frequency. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Do you have any more questions? Now, this is what this is all about. I keep telling people, call in, push the number one, and that way I can answer your question the best I can. Um, what about thought, speak, and action? Okay. That is, as I say, that's the Hebrew letter, Aleph. And that's what I was telling you all about just now. About you, already talked about, you already talked about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let somebody else. Uh... Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this. Mm-hmm. God bless. Okay. All right. Uh, as I told you, I'll be glad for you all to call in. It helps the broadcast to go faster. It, it makes me have to dig deep in my, into my spirit to see what do I really know and what I don't know. Because like I tell you, I don't know everything. Don't confess to know everything. But what I did is studied. And I'm here, I used to be in the library 14 hours a day studying the Bible. The reason was before then, before I got an understanding, I used to be at the bowling alley 14 hours a day. And I used to practice all those 14 hours. And the reason I got so good, I ended up bowling those million-dollar bowling tournaments and stuff. But I found out something when God let me know. Your God is bowling. I threw my bowling ball down the street and ain't picked it up since. But the more you learn, the smarter you get. The smarter you get, the more understanding you get. The more you understand, the more knowledge you get. And more knowledge will lead you to wisdom. And wisdom will help you in many ways. You'll know when to do something and when not to do something. You'll know when to speak and when not to speak. So let's continue here on Acts 20. Verses uh, 36, it said, And when he had thus spoke, he kneeled down and prayed with all of them. And they all wept sore and fell, fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he had spoke, that they should see his face no more. And they accomplished him, uh, accomplished, went with him to the ship. So in other words, our job should be make a presence in this world that we affect others. Good, not for bad. All right. So that's why we strive each and every day trying to seek the word of God, trying to obey the word of God in Jesus. All right. Let's keep on going here. I said I was going to teach on uh, Mark, the fifth chapter. As you've seen in that one just now, it was signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay. Let me get over here to Mark, the fifth chapter, starting with the first verse. And if you was in the church, I'd say, and say amen when you get there. All right. Now we're going to talk about demons, devils. And what does the word really say versus what people say it says? And not having the proper understanding about Hebrew words. Hebrew words 
are different than anything else we have, especially like their 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 uh, alphabet. They have two types. They have the uh, old type, which is picture picture type form, and then they have the new type, which is what they call the modern Hebrew. It has uh, different ways things are set up on the alphabet. And if you understand each little dot and tittle, then it'll give you the answer of what it's saying about. So let's turn to Mark, the fifth chapter, starting with the first verse. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the gatherings. And when he came out of the ship, immediately, oh, let's, let's talk about signs and wonders too. So let's go back up before we get there. Uh, let's go to the fourth chapter and the 33rd verse, because you have to understand how God operates. He hides things. He hides things. I'm trying to tell you, but he wants you to search it out. He wants you to learn. And it says, and many such parables. In other words, he taught everything in hidden meaning, parables. Speak. He, the word unto them, as they were able to hear it, Everybody's not going to be able to understand. But without parables spoke he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded or he explained all things of, to his disciples. A lot of things you will hear and not be able to hear. You'll be able to see and not be able to see. You may be able to hear and not be able to hear because everything is not given out and open. It's hidden. For those that want to be a learner of God, a, a, a follower of Jesus, the, uh, listening to the teachings and putting it to practice, those they will have the sight to see. They will have the ears to hear. But it says, uh, he expounded or explained it to his disciples. And the same day, we're at 35, and the same day when the evening had come, he said unto them, let us, now look what it says, let us pass over unto the other side. Remember, thought, speak, action. What did he say? Let us. He didn't say let me. He said let us pass over to the other side. There's a reason for that. And when, and when he had sent uh, away all the multitudes, he took, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat upon the ship so that it was full, full of water. And he was at the hind part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awakened him and said unto him, Master, care thou not that we perish or teacher. That's what the word master means. Teacher. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And the and the and there was a great calm. Now you have to go back and read the other two accounts of that about them crossing over. When they said, "Do you not care that we perish?" But if you remember what I told you, he said, "Let us." Now, if God is with you, who can be against you? He said, "Let us go on to the other side." They should have let him sleep because he's already said, "We are all going to the other side." But their faith got small, they got scared. Lord, wake up. Are you you not understanding? We all gonna perish. Don't you care? He said if he said, Let us go to the other side, that's what you live on. You live on that word. Let us go. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
In other words, he doesn't say we're going to the other side. That's why he criticized them. A lot of times we don't understand that God has already given us the answer to something, and we just got to walk on it. We got to walk on what God gives us. If He said this is this is what I said, that's what He said. But it's not it's not panning out the way you said, Lord. I can't see the the results. I can't understand the results. Why do you have to understand? He's God. We're not. All right. And they were fearful exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man, they didn't say God, did they? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, that was Jesus, and that don't happen for us. If he's in you, then you still have the same Holy Spirit that he has. There's only one Holy Spirit. You have the same thing that he has. And he said, you will do these works and greater works than I do. Because I go back to the Father. Believe what he says. I've taught people, and there are several people in our our church that tell you, wind, storms, and everything coming, tornadoes and stuff, they preach up in the air and say a quick prayer. Lord, I want to turn off the water. I want to turn this thing down. And they turn in the air, and the wind stops. The rain stops. I told uh, some of my members, I said, I've been living at a house almost 10 years now. And when I first lived here, thunderstorms, noise, vibration of the house and everything. And I said, Lord, a simple prayer. I said, Lord, gentle rain when it's my house, gentle rain. People have drove over to my house to prove, to see if I was telling the truth. Thunderstorm way about a, a mile away from me or less than a mile. They get here. It's quiet. It's peaceful. Unless I need gentle rain to make my grass grow. Because, see, rain makes the uh, grass grow, and it makes your potatoes grow. It makes your food grow. So you got to have some rain. I don't have to have all that thunder and lightning. That's good enough for me. And that's what I ask. When you learn to ask your father, and his name is Abba, A-B-B-A, and that's a Hebrew alphabet, you ask him, write. Come to him rightly, knowing that he's God and you're not. His son is God and man. They are together because one is named Jesus. The other one's name is Christ. Christ means the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks yokes. It's the anointing that brings you into the spirit wheel. It's the anointing that takes you from a human being to a spiritual being. So when you ask God right, Abba, I... I come to your gate with thanksgiving. Well, we're thanking God for who he is, what he's done there for you. And I enter your courts with praise, praising for who he is. He tells us how to do things. He tells us how to praise him, how to honor him, how to uh, say, th- speak his word and everything. He gives us the book of Psalms. He gives us weapons in there where we can beat our enemies. And if we're being overcome, we have scriptures that we can say in the book of Psalms that how to fight back. But anyway, let's get back to five now. And they said, and they came over to the other side of the gathering. And when they came, and when he had came out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, what do you mean by unclean spirit? There are several different meanings for that. One could be a, 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 a somebody asked me about this earlier today, a demon of poop. It can be a demon of poop. It can be uh, a demon that brings in perverse thoughts in your mind. That's just the word that says unclean spirits. 
And then it says, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains were plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. In other words, it was saying he was so powerful in the darkness, in the spirit of the devils, that he had power that where he could pop those those chains and the locks off of him, just like Superman would, or Hercules. All that power is in him, but he is of the dark side, all right? But you need to go back and read the other things about it so you can get a clear understanding. Now, let's continue on here. And always, night and day, you notice I keep telling you, it starts off with night and then day. It's a reason. He had, he was in the mountains. Now, I want you to look at that. S on there, mountains. Now, another word in Hebrew for the word mountain is kingdoms. And what do you find in the kingdom? Kings. There are kings in the kingdom, and they make their own rules. These are demons. They are devils. They are called, there are some in there called kings, prince, dukes, and all kinds of other things. I told you, everything is not written down here. But the more you learn, the more you'll understand. It says, and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. You ever meet anybody that cuts themselves all the time because they can't feel no pain, they can't feel no joy until they can feel the pain of blood coming down off of them. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains. What does that mean, in the mountain? They people most look at the top of the hill. No, he was in different kingdoms, different demonic kingdoms. There's a kingdom of, I'll just throw out a few. There's a kingdom of Baal, there's a kingdom of Moloch, there's a kingdom of of uh, 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 what's his name, Baphomet. These are different kings in their kingdom, and they don't get along. So can you imagine? You got these things in you. You're feeling confused and beat up already, and you got all these things in there, and there's nobody to help you. Why? Because nobody tried to learn what to do. It says, and in in the tombs, crying and cutting himself a stone. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Do you think it was the demons that worshipped Jesus? Mm-mm. It was his very soul. He was so tormented. The soul came up and cried. But because the demons in there, they heard him quieting down and cried with a loud voice and said, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, or I command you by thee, by God, that thou torment me not. In other words, they were trying to say, listen, uh, this is not time to torment us. We're supposed to have such a amount of time to be here. But when Jesus showed up on the scene, the time was now. That's why you got to go back and read the other things, what it said. The time is now. Jesus is the, the, uh, the, the uh, son of the most high God. When we get born again, we become the sons and daughters of the most high God. We are the ones who are supposed to fight the devil. We're the ones that are supposed to help set people free. But if we ain't doing our part, how can anybody else help them? Because we're the ones that need to study. We're the children of God. And the eighth verse says, For he has said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now, here it is. If Jesus said, Come out of they're supposed to obey. But they didn't. That's another thing. Most people think, Oh, Jesus said, Well, just come out. And they came out. No. 
He fought with this thing. What do you think? Why did Paul say, we fight not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not. That means we're wrestling something. It's not a five-minute thing. A lot of people have been under bondage for 30, 40 years, and they expect to be set free in five minutes. No, that's just the beginning of your set free when you go through a deliverance. And then the more you, you go through, the more demons you beat up, the stronger you become so you can help fight other people's demons and help them on the right road. Because none of us have been born perfect except for Jesus. And he had to learn how to do it himself. Then it says, uh, and, and he asked him, "Why? what is thy name? In other words, here's Jesus and said, he said, come out of the man, you have unclean spirit. And he had, did, didn't do it. But you have to go read the others where it says that oftentimes he had been caught and everything. And people have been trying to cast this thing out and it hasn't. And he said, what is thy name? The word name in Hebrew means authority. It don't mean it don't just mean how to identify you, but it lets you know this means what is thy authority? And he answered and said, My name is Legion. It is not talking about uh, a one demon named Legion. For he explained his name next. He said, For we are many. That's what the word Legion means. Many, many. I met a man just recently, I had to do a deliverance on. And he had 22 legions in him. Well, what is a what is legion? For there's many. So that means he had 22 different kingdoms in him. And I'm going to tell you how he got those kingdoms. He read a book called Law of Attraction. The other one's called The Secret. I'm trying to tell you, those are doors that open up spirits to come into you. A lot of demonic books are out there, and all you have to do is open up the book. And it's opening up a spirit realm. And once they get in, they holler, legal right, legal right, legal right. And when they come before the courtroom of God, God looks to see if they have a legal right. If they do, God allows them to continue to stay there. But if they're trespassing, if you don't repent it from what you did, then we have the power as the children of God to cast those things out. That's why it says in the book, the last part of Mark, the 16th chapter, where it says, or let's start with the 15th, where he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptized in the water? No, baptized in the spirit. But he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my authority, it says in my name, in my authority shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Then the rest of it says, and so, so did afterwards. The Lord spoke unto them. He was received up into heaven, sat at the right hand of God, and they went forth, just like you're supposed to, and they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following, signs and wonders following. The power of the supernatural is in the, the switch, and the switch is Jesus. When he turns on that switch and connects you to the source, which is God himself, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is why, as I said, we need to study the word. We need to get an understanding what does the word says. And if there's anybody out there today that needs some more and get some questions, call in. Remember, push that little button, name one, 
so that uh, Dorothy will know you're on there and that we can uh, answer your questions and stuff that you think, well, it don't make sense. I don't want to know. Listen, if you don't ask, you don't know. If you don't know, it'll hurt you. A lot of times they say, and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. Yes, it does. Words will hurt you. Because people can put curses on you. You don't know nothing about it. Generational curses, witches' curses, warlocks, hexes, vexes, and all these other things. And you need to know how to break those things off of you and your children. So anyway, the 10th verse, it says, And he besought them much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now, here's the thing that you have to read the other two accounts. It's more than just one. They said not only the count out of the country, but out of the different areas and stuff. Don't send me to the pit. So, in other words, Jesus was tired. That was just the bottom line. He had already been working, at, uh, you know, with the wind and everything and coming over to doing deliverance. He was tired when he got there. And this thing is, is stubborn. They did not want to come out. So they tried to do. Let's make a deal. Now, Jesus could have said, oh, I ain't making no deals. You're going to obey me. But he was tired. And when you do deliverance, you'll find out if you truly learn how to do deliverance, the virtue goes out of your body for healing, for deliverance. Anything that's from the kingdom of God, it draws power out of you to destroy the kingdom of darkness. So they were making a deal with him. And he, he, they said, if you'll let us come out and go into those swine, he said, then we'll leave. That was not just one. There was a bunch of kingdoms. Jesus had probably kept out maybe 20 or uh, let's say at least 10 of them already. And he was tired. So he said, okay, go. And they jumped out of the man and jumped into the swine. Why did they jump into the swine? Because their God on that, on that side of the island was the pig God. And they figured the pig God would save them. They jumped in that pig, and the pig said, we don't even want them, and ran down and killed themselves. So in other words, it says the 10th verse, uh, the 11th verse, and now there was nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all, it didn't say some, all the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. He said, go. He didn't do nothing else. He said, go. And the unclean spirits, you notice there's S on that, went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran roundly down the steep into the sea, where they were about 2,000, and was choked in the sea. So in other words, when it says that uh, uh, that I am a legion, it has, let's say, 2,000 other kingdoms in there with him or with them. And that's why when they all made a deal, say, we all go out, if you'll say it. And he said, go. And they that fed the swine fled and told it into the city and into the country. And they went out to see what was that was done. And they came to Jesus and seeing him that they're possessed with the devil and that had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, what does it mean that he was in his right mind? See, that's why I say, well, you need to search these things out for yourself. You got to search the scriptures day and night, understanding. But this is, I'm talking to the pastors. I'm talking to the teachers. I'm talking to the apostles. I'm talking to the prophets. You're supposed to know the word. You're the ones that's supposed to be helping people. 
And if you don't know the word, how are you going to teach somebody else? You need to get hunger and thirst at the right and learn this for yourself so that you can help others. Then it says, uh, as they said, they came up on it to see what had happened. So the 15th verse, and when they came to Jesus and saw him well, in the right man, right man means in his logical mind. They tell us the right side of the mind where logic is, the left side is where emotions is. Most men move in logic. I ain't say all men do. Most women move in emotion. I ain't saying all women do. All right? But that's what is supposed to be how we're connected, and that's a way of understanding. Right mind means logic. Left mind means emotions. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told how it befell him and that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray or ask him to depart out of their country. When God does miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles, everybody is not going to be happy for you. I know a person that when a lady was getting her uh, deliverance, this other lady got mad because she didn't get hers. But the other lady, instead of her being joyful for the other lady getting the deliverance, she got mad at the other lady for getting her deliverance. So that's why she didn't get hers. But see, the thing is, when somebody's getting blessing, you should be happy for them. And when you see a man or woman who's walking in the spirit, you should encourage them and not tell them to leave you alone. So that's what they did. They asked or begged him to leave the coast. And when he had come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him or asked him or begged him that he might be with him. How be it, Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. In other words, he, Jesus was tired. He had worked as hard as he could, but because of his compassion, he refused to give up. That's why I always say a winner never quits and a quitter never wins. And he departed and began to uh, publish it in Diophilus how great things Jesus had done for him and how and all men marveled. And when Jesus had passed over by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one ruler from the synagogue, uh, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. The word synagogue is another word for church, which means another place for gathering, which means a bunch of believers. So in other words, he was a ruler at a place where they gathered in the synagogue. You can have uh, many synagogues, just like churches, that's what they are, but you only have one temple, one temple in many uh, gathering places. So always remember that right now, the Jews do not have a temple. They're ready to build that temple. But until then, they have gathering places. And they don't do what they do in a synagogue, in a, tra- in a uh, I mean, what they do in a temple that they do in a synagogue. All right. Yes, Lord. Uh, but there are going to be, there is a temple being built. Yes, there is a temple being built. And that temple is going to rise up, and then you're going to know it's the beginning of the countdown for the Antichrist to reveal himself. Okay, let's see. And then uh, 23, and, he, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. 
I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and shall live. And Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, now watch this, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, look at that word, 12, and has suffered many things at many positions, and has spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus coming in, in the press behind him and touched his garment, she said, if I may touch thought, but his clothes, action, I shall be made whole. And she did it. So thought, speak, action. And straightway the fountain of her blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself virtue, power, had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched me? Now, you have to go back and read other accounts. There were many people touching him and getting healed. But here he is in this place, and they're touching him, and nothing's coming out of him. But this woman touched him. And then here it goes. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude strong in you are touching you, and said, Who touched me? He looked about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him and told him all the truth. In other words, she had thought, she had, had action, she went out and touched him. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith had made thy whole. Go in peace and be whole from thy disease. Thought, speak, action. The pray for the sick, you don't just pray for the sick. You got to believe they're going to get sick, uh, healed. You got to believe it. If you can't believe it, don't pray. Doubt and unbelief is not going to help you. There was a man in the Bible, he, he asked Jesus to uh, pray for his son to be healed from the spirit. And Jesus said, I can do this. But do you believe? And he said, I believe, but it helped me. See, he was honest. That's it. He said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief and doubt will stop you. But you keep on going through exercising your faith, it's like a muscle. The more you lift weights, the stronger you become. The less you lift weights, the weaker you become. The more you run, the faster you become. The less you run, the the uh, slower you run. This is all about exercising, exercising your spirit this time. Then it says, uh, then it says 35, and while he yet spoke, there came from from the ruler of the synagogue certain, a house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Now, if y'all were listening earlier, I told you about uh, death. Death is nothing more than sleep. And if you understand how to get a hold of the switch, which the switch is Jesus, who is also hooked to the Father, which is the source, then that switch can be turned back on. But first of all, you got to believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. you got to believe that God's going to turn that switch on. God may not turn the switch on, but he's still God. 
Never take him out of the equation. I'm just telling you how it operates, though. You get in touch with Jesus. He's the switch. He's, in t- he's connected to the source. And if the switch gets turned back on that person, they come back to life. They're only sleep. I have to go back through that teaching one of these days and show you all through the Bible where it talks about they're asleep. We don't sorrow like other people are because they're asleep. That when uh, we wake, we'll look like him or be uh, fashioned in the same way he is. In other words, the spiritual body, okay? Then it says, as soon as Jesus had heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered uh, no man to follow him, except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeing the uh, turmoil of them that weep and well greatly. In other words, they're crying, confused why this little girl died so early and all this. And when he had came in, he said unto them, Why do you make this ado and weeping? The Daniel is not dead, but what? Sleep. They laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out and take the father and the mother and the de- uh, the mother of the damsel and them that was with him and entered where the damsel was laying or sleeping, he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Takumi, which is being interpreted, Daniel, damsel, I said unto thee, arise or wake up. Straightway the uh, damsel rose and walked, for she was of the age of 12. Wait a minute, how long did that lady have the issue of blood? 12. Hmm. Why 12? And something else we'll have to look up sometime. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and command that something should be given to her to eat. A lot of times when people come back from being asleep, they're hungry. They're hungry. But if you notice about the signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, I want to know if there's anyone out there listening, so I'd like you all to call in now. That's We've said 730 now. And let me know that you're out there listening at least. And if you got any questions, ask the question. All you do to get on the broadcast is just push one. That should put you on. Am I right, uh, Dorothy? That's the way it works. You call in the number, the 646-595-4784. A little question mark pops up next to your phone number, and I say, aha, they have a question. Let me open that mic. So that is how it works. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to tell people now to call in because I want to know that you're listening and I want to know if you learn anything. If you've got any criticism to say about me, let me know. Let's see what the scripture says versus what I say versus what, what you think. But as I say, the, the, the scriptures is our rule book. And people are going through demonic attacks because they have no knowledge. Because as I say, with that, that book called the... Um, Law of attraction, that ain't the only one. And the secret and stuff, there's the assumption of uh, Moses, the assumption of uh, uh, Isaiah, uh, assumption of Elijah. Those books are demonic. And a young man came to me once before, and he was, him and his mother were always arguing. I said, now listen, 
what are you studying? What are you doing? And he told me the books that he read. I said, oh, don't do that anymore. What you need to do is go uh, apologize to your mother and stuff. He said, well, she's always the one that started. I said, listen, I'm trying to help you. Go apologize to your mother and don't read those books. He said, well, I'll think about it. He left out. The next morning, I was riding down the street. I found his body dead on the street. When I uh, went to talk to, because uh, he lived right up the street, so I talked to the mother and the police was there and everything. I asked her, did he apologize to you? She said, no. I said, what happened? She said, somebody come knocking at the door at 2 o'clock in the morning. He came out to go talk to him. He said, I'll be right back. And he killed him right on the corner. As I tell you, a lot of stuff, God be warning us before it happens. Things that can change. I have this young man that came to one of our meetings, and he was he just happened to hear us out there, and he stopped by the meeting. And while he stopped by, he got he decided he wanted to give his life back to the Lord. Later on that night, he was over at, uh, over near a park, and some guys jumped on him and beat him and hit him in the head with a hammer. He did not die. He's alive today, and I believe because he came to that church service is the only reason why he's alive. See, God can change things. Our end can be changed. Our our journey can be changed to another journey if we're willing to listen to the Spirit of God and understand that he is the source. Not We're not the source of our own. We're not the source of God. You know, some people, I think, believe they made God and that God is supposed to obey them like a genie. But no, he made us for his pleasure. He didn't make us... The, the dangle us around like little puppets. He made us for his pleasure. He said, these are the troubles you're going to go through. I'm willing to help you if you're willing to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get no help. All right. Well, I'm trying to get you all to call in because I'm not going until 21st until next week. So if there's anybody out there, go ahead and push your little button and see the question mark and then call in. Do you have anything to say, Mary, any comments or anything, or any questions? I mean, Mary, Dorothy. My cousin's name is, uh, I got a cousin named Dorothy Mary, Mary Dorothy. Oh, (laughs) okay. I'm Dorothy Eve, so. Oh, okay. Oh, area code 816 just raised her hand again. She did have it down. Okay. Your mic is open. Um, yeah, I had a, a question about um, I'm going back to work, and I know that there's this girl that I believe um, is a witch, and how should I handle mm-hmm. this? Okay. Now, first thing, to, to handle something like that, you need to put on the whole armor every day. And that is Ephesians 6 and 10. And the way you put the armor on is you speak it on. Thought, speaking, action. Say, I, I put on the belt of uh, truth. I mean, uh, have my lawns girded about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Have my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. The reason that we say that all the fiery darts of the enemy, because that's how they, the witches get to you. The witches and warlock, they have what they call like darts, and they throw them at you. And some of them might say worry, anger, frustration, fear. You know, you're already fearing something. You don't even know it. Ain't nothing happened, but you're afraid it's going to happen. 
that's those things coming at you. Use that shield of faith and say, my God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He didn't say the weapon won't come at you, but it will not prosper. You're able to defend off those things by the shield of faith. Then have it on the helmet of salvation. In other words, know that you're, know that you know that you're saved. And if you know that you're saved, that means God is on your side and not on the devil's side. And then take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and supplication. So do that early in the morning before you get ready. And I take a bottle of frankincense and myrrh and oil, and I pray over that, and I spray myself with it. So when you get in there, oh, it will repel them. If they're really witches and stuff, it will repel them. They don't want to get near you because they don't know if it's Jesus there or Holy Spirit there. They don't know what it is, but they'll back off of you. But you've got to have your faith working that they will. Okay, did I answer your question? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so as I say, make sure you put on the whole armor of God each day. Make sure you spray. You know, if you ain't got it, you can go over there to the grocery stores that uh, uh, hide the and stuff. They sell it in the... uh, in the store where it's under Zoom, Z-U-M. They manifest it here in Kansas City. All right, you got any other questions? No. Okay. What about you, Dorothy? You ain't got anything yet? The only thing I've got is from the other day. Well, was I don't remember how long ago. Uh, seeing snakes. In, in dreams, is that anything? Like, not big, scary boa constrictors, yes. just little garden snakes. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means witchcraft is coming after you. Somebody's getting ready, uh, somebody is already working uh, curses against you. And it could be generational curses. It could be from somebody you don't even know. So God warns us through dreams and visions. That's why they said, you know, that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that his sons and daughters would prophesy, and that uh, old men would dream dreams, young men would have visions, and that upon his handmaiden he would pour up his spirit. So that's that's one of the ways you know that you're you're in the spirit of God. He's warning us. So snakes, uh, spiders. In fact, about it, if you see spiders around your house a lot. Somebody's praying some praise against. I mean, some prayers against you. You need to pray those things to be broken. And how do you pray those to be broken? You go uh, Psalms one first, where you quote, "said Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly," and go all the way through that. And then the next thing you need to read is Psalms two, so one and two, which two says, "Why did the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing against the Lord and His anointed?" We are God's anointed by the spirit of Christ in us. That gives us weapons that we can fight back. So when we speak, we don't speak with just authority, but we speak with power. The demons can look at you and say who's got power and who ain't got power. They know who has authority and who ain't got authority. If you speak the word and you've been doing what God tells you, then you have authority. And as as you speak, that vibration, that's the power. That'd be vibrating. And they can't stand it. Especially if you raise up your voice at a a demonic person or a witch or a warlock, they can't stand it. Why you got to talk so loud? Because it rings in their ears and they can't stand it. So, yes, if you dream about spiders, 
uh, snakes, uh, what other things uh, that can come up, that God is warning us that these things are about to happen because God doesn't always talk directly to us. He might say one or two words as for me. I don't know about other people. But he talked to me in scriptures. All of a sudden, I can hear his voice clear. The more I study the scriptures, the more I can hear his voice. So that's why we fight. We're warriors. We're not people not sitting on the sideline and somebody else fighting our fight. We're the ones that's supposed to get in here. We're the ones that do the battling because God has appointed us to where we will fight through this world to prove that we want to be with him. Now, one of the things that happened with me when I was younger at five, the Lord spoke to me. And he told me, he said, the reason that we go through all the stuff that we're going down here, he said, I had a rebel a rebellion in heaven. I didn't even know nothing about it. He said, there was a rebellion in heaven. He said, I will never have another rebellion here. The people that be here is people that want to be with me. So he said, I send them through tests. And you go through the test and you want to be with me. If you fail the test, you don't want to be with me. Because it costs. It costs. It costs Jesus everything. Jesus got beat up. He got talked about. He got uh, tried to throw him off the cliff and everything. Now, he is a righteous man, and all these things happen to him. What about us who mess up? You know, we strive to do better. That's what we're supposed to do, strive to enter into the straight gate. Every day we try to do better than we did yesterday. And because of that, God looks at us with favor, with favor. So did I answer your question about the snakes and stuff? Is there any more? Well, I'm just trying to, I mean, I know those, the snakes was, were from father. So I knew there had to be something in that symbology and I couldn't find it anywhere. I did try and find it. But, um, mm-hmm. and spiders, I live out in the country, so we've always got spiders. Oh, I hear you. Some brown spiders, some you black know, spiders, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know. In fact, I like some so spiders in the house, one or two, because they catch the flies. You know, it, when the farmers. Yeah, I know. Put the stuff on the field. Yeah. You get the flies. You feel like you're in Egypt. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, I understand. Well, the main thing is always be ready. The Bible says, you know, uh, be vigilant because our adversary walks around like a roaring lion. In other words, watch out for people that always say, oh, I'm your friend. I'm your best friend. I'm on with anything you need, honey. I'm right there. It would be like a bunch of preachers that was with me one day. I was at a uh, tent revival, and it was my day to preach. And I got up there to preach, and this guy came up to me and said, in the middle of the tent revival, he said, you can't preach here. I said, Okay. He said, you can't preach here. I said, okay. Now, all these other preachers that are supposed to be with me on the pulpit, <laughs> they were behind me, way behind me. And so the guy told me, he said, listen, I'm the gang leader here. He pulled up his shirt. He said, I kill people. And he had a picture of Jesus on his stomach and, and tattoos on his fingers and stuff. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And he said, pray, play with me. I said, no, I didn't say play with you. I said, can I pray for you? He said, go ahead and pray. There ain't going to nothing happen. I said, thank you. And I started praying. All of a sudden, he said, man, what's going on? What's happening? 
Man, uh-uh, what's going on? He said, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can go ahead and preach here. I, I'm not going to bother you anymore. I said, no, you stop me. I'm going to stop you now. You stay here and listen to the gospel. No, man, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I don't know what it is. I'm scared. I'm gone. I'm gone. And he, they saw him as he ran out the back of the tent. And I looked at my friends way behind me. I'm saying, ain't this something? Now, that's why I said, you can't trust everybody. The Bible said, don't put your trust in man, in flesh, or in horses and stuff. You got to put your trust only in the one who will help you, Jesus himself. That's why we have to call on him at everything. And then what he, what it's all about doing is making you understand that you really need to depend on the word of God. You've got to depend on Jesus for everything. Because if you don't, things will happen and you'll fall. But if you're dependent on him, hey, if you knock me down, I ain't worried about it because Jesus is still with me. If you shoot me, if you kill me, doesn't matter. Jesus is with me. I just go to sleep. And I pray when I wake up, I look just like my, my elder brother. So that's the thing that we're here for. We're striving to enter into the straight gate. We're striving to do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight. Well, as I say, next week I'll be teaching on uh, 21. We got through 20 today. and Or did we get through 21 too? Do you remember, Mary? I mean, Dorothy? I'd have to go look. Let me see. Let me glance through here. Oh, they can look through. If it's not 20, we'll go through 21 next week. Also, uh, I want to continue to talk about unclean spirits and stuff and how they, they, if we don't fight them, they take charge over us. So we'll continue also from Mark, the sixth chapter, next week. And so any of you people, get your questions together. Come on, answer, ask, ask me. I, don't, I ain't going to tell you I'm the answer man. I said, but I'll do the best I can, and the Holy Spirit does the rest for me. Anytime I stump, if I pray, the Lord usually will give me the answer unless there's something he wants me to look up because you never know. Your question might be the thing that I need to answer my problem. So I'll give you all one more chance to call in. As I say, here's Dow pushing uh, number one. And I think that should get you through, and that way you can uh, ask any questions that you can while we're here. All right. Well, let me pray for folks, and then uh, then you can pray afterwards, and then we'll see what if anybody calls in, and then we'll leave. So, Heavenly Father, as we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you that you go ahead of us, behind us, beside us, inside of us, blessing us going in, blessing us going out, making us the head and not the tail, teaching us how to live in this present life. The blessings that come from God is good and yea and amen, and that he gives us uh, liberally without breaking us up. In other words, if we don't know something, he's willing to teach us. You're willing to give us everything that we need, Father, that we can I'll go ahead and not only learn for ourselves but for our families and that we can change our family by the prayers that we pray and by the action that we show that Jesus taught us how to walk and we teach our children how to walk and not only our children but our children's children 
the people that's been out there for the longest, that's going through stuff now, they don't realize what's getting ready to happen, Father. And I ask you to open up their eyes that they may see, open up their ears that they may hear, and understand the journey that's before them right now, that Satan is getting more and more control. He's coming out of the oceans. He's coming out of the uh, seas and stuff. That's why the book of Revelation talks about uh, that, that the beast come out of the ocean and out of the sea, which means he's coming out from among the people. The things that's in him, uh, in them is getting ready to unite to just trying to fight against the kingdom of light. And we're the kingdom of light. We're here to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Father, give them the understanding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes unto the Father except by him. He is the only way to the Father. For he is the switch, and the Father is the source. If Jesus is the only way to hook up to the is the switch, and that's the only way to get to the source, then all men need to repent. All women need to repent and come into the knowledge, the saving knowledge of the Holy One of Israel, the one who, who gave everybody a chance to accept him, and we turned him down. It was the Jewish people that accepted him and said, we'll do whatever you tell us to do. We as a nation, which is called the Gentiles, Lord, let them understand what we did by saying, if you tell us what was required, then we'll think about doing it. The Jews was the only one that says, we'll do it. If you tell us what you want us to do, we'll do it, and that's it. Don't have to think about it. Father, I also ask you for the ones that are sick right now and inflicted, those that are hurting in their body, if you'll reach out and touch the word of God right now, for by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. This is the word of God. He is the one who wrote that in the book. He is the one that spoke that. And as you reach out in faith and touch it, for it, your faith will reach out is just like a, a thing of a mustard seed. Lord, that's what we're praying now, that people's faith will start to grow. They will start exercising their faith, Father. I pray for their family that they'll start getting healed. I pray for their family that their minds will come back. I pray for the family that the curses, generational curses, will be broken off of them. And, Father, that they will be able to see Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Father, we're careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say amen and amen. Amen. Go ahead, Dorothy. Amen. You want me to say a prayer? I can't match that. I'll tell yes. you, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I would just oh. like to pray for all the listeners that they grow in the word. They grow in Jesus. And they just become more and more faithful as they learn more about Father's character and his love and who they are to him. It's like, just reach out. And remember, mustard seeds are hot and spicy. So, <laughs> eat the salt, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Father, just bless hey. them and they're going out and they're coming in. And show them point out to them what you're doing for them in confirmations like you did for me today with the yes you are being healed it's just not instant notice this notice that 
Mm-hmm. Don't let us yeah. miss your cue, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, don't forget to pray for traveling mercy for me because I'm traveling from Kansas City down to Dallas. So anybody out you there, pray Bob for me. Larson. You, yeah, you should ask Bob Larson to come and do an interview with you on a on a program. Oh, okay. I will. Never thought about that. that yeah, he'll be, do it for me. Yeah, me. that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll let you know way in advance. And uh, he wouldn't probably be off about maybe 15, 20 minutes because the man stays busy. But he would do that much of an interview for me. So, Good. I'll that definitely would be nice. when I get down there. Okay, I'll let you know in advance so you can put it on the on the thing so people will know that he'll be on. Good. Good. Okay, well, well, if you don't have any more, and as I said, I already told y'all, we'll continue where we left off, and I'm going to continue in the book of Mark so that we can understand about the demonic things that are attacking and getting ready to attack even greater and what we must do to fight back, that we are the ones that's supposed to win the war for the Lord Jesus Christ because he lives in us. That's why we can speak that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Well, until not this Wednesday, until next Wednesday, you be blessed. The people out there be blessed. Let the Lord's face shine on you. Let it keep you. And may you seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'll talk to you the next time, Dorothy. All right. You have a blessed evening. And good night, everyone. Father bless. Amen.